Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. Well, I have a terrible story to tell you right at the start. Okay, I'm going to take you back to July of 1996, an auspicious month. We were married that month. That's where the story begins, but not quite. Five days before our marriage, I'm walking into the apartment building that we're going to move into to begin our life of wedded bliss. And as I'm walking into the apartment building on Monday morning, I open up, you know those, you know those doors, they're, they're, they're big metal doors with glass, kind of security doors, and there's always two of them when you go in these apartments. So I pull open the first door, so far so good. I pull open the second door, and in my haste, I open the door right on top of my big toe. I'm wearing sandals. I look down and in horror realize that this big heavy metal door has come on top of my toenail. Are you picturing this? And I look down, and at that moment, um, instead of thinking, Tom, you should lift that door a little bit, my lizard brain kicked in, and I just pushed that door away from myself. Well, the door went away, but so did my toenail. It just popped it right out, right from the root. The door went off, the toenail went flying, and I'm down on my knees in agony. My toenail's lying over there, kind of mocking me from a distance, and I'm starting to bleed all over the entrance to the apartment. So I limp my way into the apartment, into the tub, and, and so I literally bled in our apartment before I'd lived in it. And, and uh, that toenail uh, was, you know, I, I, here's the truth. I kept that thing as a memento for a few years until Tennille made me get rid of it. But anyway, there it was on the floor. I limped around all week. I did my best. I put salve on it and I aired it out. I did everything because you know what I was thinking the whole time. How in the world am I going to fit my foot now into one of those? They're really popular in the 90s. I don't think they do that sort of thing anymore. But we rented shoes for our wedding. They're not comfortable shoes. They're kind of narrow shoes. I have big feet and a really big toe that now has been hurt. And, and I'm thinking, how am I going to fit my foot into that little tuxedo shoe? Because I don't want to wear sandals for my wedding with a tux, you know. And so um, all week long, I'm trying to think, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? So I, I'm proud to tell you that for the ceremony, at least, I bandaged it enough and jammed it enough, and I think I bled into this tuxedo shoe, but I made it through the ceremony with the shiny shoes. Reception, on the other hand, I wore sandals, <laughs> and I was good to go. You know what I learned through that experience? Perhaps you've learned it too. Even a toenail is noticeable when removed. Our bodies are intimately connected, aren't they? I know it's quite popular, and I love noticing all the interconnectivity in nature, 
how this bug feeds this leaf and this leaf feeds this bug and there's this incredible symbiosis in in nature and everything affects everything else, that beautiful interconnectedness. I don't think that's why we love to watch nature videos or maybe just go and notice the things that are going on in creation. It's amazing. But you know what? One piece of creation, our own physical bodies, they're pretty interconnected, aren't they? Aren't they? And when one part is uh, hurting a bit, somehow another part reacts. And I found that out with the big toe. Why do I begin this here? Because we're launching into a new series for October where we're going to talk about who we are as the Covenant Church. Uh, If you've been around the Covenant Church for a while, you know that I try kind of twice a year, usually in the fall, and then again in 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 maybe in the new year, to take a little bit of a step back and talk about who we are as a church. Uh, Because who we are, our identity, how we understand ourselves, really affects then our actions, how we live. And that's true all the way through Scripture, but it's true in our lives. Who we think of ourselves and understand ourselves to be really affects how we live. And so through the month of October, we're going to explore four different aspects of what it means to be covenant, what it means to be part of our church. It emerges from scripture, but it's also been expressed down through history in our own covenant story. And today, for our first day in the series, I want to talk about how we as covenanters are connectional. We're connectional. Connections, well, perhaps nothing has been highlighted more for us during these months of pandemic than the fact that connections matter. When we lost our connections, It feels like we lost our communities. We lost our sense of belonging. You know, all those things we were used to participating in, events that we were used to planning, gatherings like this that we were used to being part of, uh, things that were part of our lives like weddings, funerals, big barbecues, community events, all of a sudden they vanished. And when we lost those connections, a lot of us at least, we felt adrift. We lost even our sense of who we were. And of course, we're very thankful for social media, for technology. I've heard more than a few of you say, wow, if this had happened 20 years ago, we'd be in a different spot, wouldn't we? We're thankful for that, but we also recognize that that hasn't been available to all of us. Nor was it experienced the same across the board. We realize through this time of isolation that connections really matter. Now, to say that we are connectional, as a church, even to say that we're connectional as the Erickson Covenant Church can sound a bit idealistic, can't it? It can sound almost like, oh yeah, that's one of those statements that people make, but it doesn't actually match reality. I want you to know that I know that. And in fact, being connectional, recognizing that we are connected, has always been something that we value, something that we aspire to, but something that we also recognize isn't easy, isn't natural, and it certainly isn't perfect. But it is who we are. First from the scripture, being connectional is an identity that is expressed about us, about who we are as God's people all through the New Testament. Today, I'm just going to pull from two very short verses, but both from the Apostle Paul. Let me read them both to you back to back and then We'll dig into them a little bit. These are the two verses. First, from 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each 
of you is a part of it. The second verse from Romans 12.5 says this, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Let me give you a little context about these verses as we unpack them. First, Paul is writing these words, both the book of Romans and the letters to the Corinthians, to Christians who were experiencing disconnection, particularly disconnection from each other. They were experiencing that as Christians in the ancient city of Corinth, as well as in Rome. This disconnection that they were experiencing was largely due to differences and disagreements due to background, both ethnically and spiritually, as well as uh, that they had allowed petty squabbles and, and some real misunderstandings and unforgiveness and spiritual pride. There was a lot of bad theology mixed in there, as well as some elitism. To both of these churches, Paul writes first to underscore their identity as connected, that they are connectional. And after he establishes that identity, he then challenges them to live out that reality in their community life together. True of both letters. So we can actually take these words to heart for us. Whether our disconnection is due to a global pandemic, which keeps us further apart than we'd like, or whether we are actually disconnected because we're struggling to forgive someone, or we're feeling misunderstood by others, or, or maybe we're looking down on others because of a position that they hold, or there's something else that's threatening to keep us apart, to turn us away. What Paul does for them, he does for us. He brings us back to the truth of our identity first, and then he helps them get on with the business of living that out. And this is really helpful because, friends, there's always a gap between the fact of our connectedness in Christ, something he did on the cross, it's a done deal, we are connected, we are his body. There's always a gap between the fact of our connectedness and our experience of that connectedness. There's always a gap. And that gap can be very disheartening. It can be, it can be uh, you know, something that, that makes us want to give up or walk away or just huddle quit. But I want you to take heart because that gap, that's actually the monumental task that the Holy Spirit in partnership with his people is committed to closing. To taking the reality of what Jesus has done and making it an experience in people's lives so that we actually live into the connection that Jesus has already established. The second thing I want you to note is this, in, this, in this, uh, these words that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, is that they're both actually nestled within a larger teaching about how we serve one another as the inter- interconnected body of Christ with the various and diverse gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. In other words, being connected to each other is necessary for our service to each other so that we can all grow up in maturity in Christ and be his people. We are connected so that we can care, so that we can serve and support one another and encourage one another and see the church grow and flourish as Christ intends. We're connected and we serve like it. 
Well, that just sets up the two little sound bites that I've chosen from Paul, and I'd like to draw two powerful truths from them. The first one is this. You are part. You are part. From 1 Corinthians 12, 27, each and every one of you individually are part of the big you of the church corporately. I don't know if you noticed it, but if you look at the verse carefully, it switches between a plural you to a singular you. Now, you, plural, are the body of Christ. And each of you, singular, is a part of it. Do you see how Paul is helping them understand that as God's people, we are connected to each other, just like our arms and our legs and our eyes and even our big toenails are connected to our own bodies. If you doubt how well they're connected, try ripping one off sometime. You'll know how connected we are. And this is a powerful truth, that we are each one part of this one body. And it forms the very foundation of our life together as the church of Jesus Christ. Now, you might be listening and think, but I'm not actually sure about Jesus yet. And I'm I come to church, but to say I'm part of the church, I'm not there yet. I want you to know how glad I am that you are here, that you are listening to this, that you're grappling through. I want you to know that we do consider you part of our community and that we're committed to helping you explore faith, to wrestle through those questions, to learn more about this Jesus and what he's done, what it means to be part of his body, his people. I want you to hear, though, how this works because it's deep and yet it's also simple. When Jesus died on the cross, forgiving us of our sin, making things right for us, making things right between us and God, us and each other, when he rose from the dead on day three, proving himself the Lord of all creation and the conqueror of the grave, Jesus made our adoption into his family our reconnection with the God who created us, he made that possible. And anyone who simply comes to Jesus and says, I trust you for what you've done. I want to follow you. Anyone who does that in the simplest way is included in God's family. Not because they're brighter or better or less sinful or more holy or smarter. None of that is true. Followers of Jesus, in fact, are... I think, even more aware of how sinful we are, how we're mixed up and frail. We're just a a mixed bag of beggars who've discovered that Jesus loves us. And we've been rescued by what he has done and have been included in God's family through no good deed of our own. And we're simply following Jesus because he's the only chance to life that we've got. He's the one that's forgiven us of our sin and defeated death, and he's making everything right. Being part of God's family, it's it's available to anyone who trusts in Jesus, who says yes to following him. And that trusting in Jesus, that being made right with God, that's what connects us to each other. You and me and every other follower of Jesus out there, doesn't matter what language they speak, doesn't matter when they lived or where they lived, we're all connected into this one body. We are part. You are part of the family of Jesus, part of his people, or as the analogy goes, part of his body. 
Now, some of you haven't struggled with this at all. The idea that you're part of the body of Christ has kind of been square one for you. But I know that others of you have struggled with that. You hear the words, but that gap, you don't feel apart. You feel lonely. You feel disconnected. You've, you've tried church and it ah, didn't work. Or, or maybe you felt kind of put away. Or maybe because of this pandemic, you realized, I didn't, like, no one called me and I, I, didn't really, I wasn't really connected after all. I want you to hear me really clearly. I want you to hear the Apostle Paul clearly. Because of what Jesus has done, you are a part. Each of you is part of it. And what you felt is that gap between what is true in reality and what is true in experience. And the Holy Spirit wants us to work with him to close that gap. More on that in a minute. But hear this, you are part. And I am glad that you are. I'm so glad that you are part. Second point comes from Romans 12. And that is this. We belong to each other. Listen to this. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. What a thing to say, isn't it? It kind of actually can creep you out when you think about it. I mean, what does it mean that I belong to everybody else? Well, maybe we have to figure out what the implications are, but the truth is there for us to see, to be part of the body of Christ. That means that somehow we belong to each other. We are connected to each other. We are part of the same family. There's a lot of reasons why Paul would use this body analogy to describe our life as a church, but one of them is really clear. Just as our body parts are all connected, we are all connected. In one sense, we don't have a choice. Jesus did it. We're included. We didn't get to pick our brothers and sisters. We are where we are, part of the family of God, and we look around at other people and we think, wow. I mean, sometimes we're happy about it, right? Like, oh man, look at that. That guy's awesome. I'm so, ah. And then other times we think, oh no. How am I going to deal with her? What am I going to do about him? We don't have a choice. We're stuck with each other. But in another powerful sense, we do have a choice as to how we live out that connectedness in our lives. We have a choice of whether we'll partner with the Holy Spirit to close that gap. And to be honest, I think we've often resisted this truth, this idea that we belong to each other because we don't like the implications of that. We're too accountable or, or we're too private or we're not sure that we want that person to have that much connection with me. We don't like certain people or we resist relationships with people that are very different than us or frankly, we just have our own stuff going on and we can't be bothered with those kinds of relationships. And this invitation, this challenge actually, is to accept the truth of who we are in Christ, that being connected as a body means that we belong to one another. We need to let that identity then inform our actions. But the scriptures are super clear. Part of Christ's body and we belong to each other. What's interesting is how significant this identity as connected played in our history as the evangelical covenant church. I think you've probably heard me mention it before, but one of the earliest terms that covenanters would use for each other was the phrase mission friends. They would call each other mission friends long before there was any kind of formal covenant church. 
early covenanters, who were mostly Swedes in Sweden, would refer to one another's mission friends. And when they immigrated to the U.S. and to Canada, they brought that, that friendship, that mission friendship with them. And when a collection of these churches that were spread across uh, the U.S. and Canada began to say, let's do something together, and they ended up founding the Covenant Church in 1885, the founding rationale for our family of churches was so that we, as friends, could do mission together. A group of small immigrant churches individually didn't really have the means and resources to send missionaries abroad, but if they got together and in relationship with each other, they could truly support the mission of God. And that's exactly why the covenant was formed. The covenant was founded, and I quote, to be a church where we will be in mission for Jesus together as friends. Did you hear that? We'll be in mission for Jesus together as friends. Yes, we've been sent by Jesus into the world, but we've been sent together and fostering our friendship, our connection, our belonging to each other, our service for each other. That's critical to who we are and how we do things and how we go about following Jesus in this mission as friends. When the Erickson Covenant Church was planted in 1939, it was founded with exactly the same rationale. Let's be friends in mission together. Let's reach the Creston Valley with the love of Jesus together as mission friends. Let's reach out to the children and the youth of the Creston Valley through camps and through Sunday schools together as mission friends. Let's gather to worship and to serve and to learn and to grow as mission friends. And for over 90 years now, we've been living into that commitment to be in mission for Jesus together as friends part of who we are. Now, God has used this pandemic to reveal two important things to us. First, we still value this connection. This connection matters. We want to be together. We, wanna, we are mission friends, and we miss the fellowship. We miss the worship times, the gatherings around coffee and study and prayer. We miss getting shoulder to shoulder and working together for the sake of the gospel in this valley, and it's been a hard season when all we've known has been tossed up into the air. But the second thing this has revealed to us is not just that we value the connection, but also that we relied too heavily on one or maybe two connections that kept us connected to the larger body. Strands of connection, maybe you could say. Maybe it was just the Sunday service. Uh, Maybe it was a particular ministry or even a particular person. Maybe sometimes it was just your connection to me. And when that was removed, when we had to stop gathering, when, when we couldn't get together in the same ways anymore, some of us began to realize, maybe a bit too late, that we'd relied too much on one or two links into the body. And so that we felt suddenly cut off. And so as we're moving forward now as a church, as we begin to plan on some physical regatherings, as we really pursue ministry online together, as we form these community groups as we try to take initiative now, we want to pay attention to our need for connection. But now we want to look at being connected as the body of Christ, the more like a a body is connected. Connected in a variety of ways. Connected more like a web, as opposed to one strand here and one strand there. We are connectional. That's who we are 
as the covenant church. It's true of us because of what Christ has done, and it's true of us as the Erickson Covenant Church. Well, what do we do now? What's our play? How do we work as the Erickson Covenant Church with the Holy Spirit to close the gap between who we really are, who he's made us, and what we often experience? Well, there's two practical applications I want to offer to you today. The first one is to connect as community groups. We've worked hard to connect all of you who are part of the Erickson Covenant Church into community groups, which means that you've been getting phone calls or emails. And if you haven't, please reach out. I've given you this email before. I'm going to give it to you again. Connect at ericksoncovenant.ca. If you've not been connected into a community group, you need to be. That's our practical application. How do we work with the Holy Spirit to close the gap between what is true and what is experienced? You need to connect into a community group. Respond to the invitation you've been given. Reach out to each other within the community group. Go to some of the gatherings that are happening, maybe a picnic in the park or some kind of uh, coffee time. Engage it. Because this was actually a missing piece in our life as a community pre-pandemic. We would sometimes come, we'd be connected here and there, but we lacked a way of being connected as a, as a body. And that's what we want for our community. And so the month of October, that's the focus, to get everyone connected into a community group. And so I appeal to you to take what God has said to us today about who we are and apply it directly here. Connect into a community group. And the second one is this. Within that community group, initiate deeper friendships. Don't wait for someone to plan it for you. Initiate with each other. Lean in. Begin to discover who people are, what they're interested in, their story, where they're from. Begin to look for connections between people and ways that you can serve them and care for them, the way that you can do life together. Be able to answer the question by Christmas, who are your mission friends? And be able to name them by name. These are the people that I'm doing the mission of Jesus with together as friends. Take seriously the invitation into deeper friendship. Don't wait. Initiate. That's my heart for us as a church. And that's our vision. That we would be the connectional church that Jesus has made us to be. That has been true for us down through our covenant history where we're taking initiative with each other, initiative for each other. Whether we're gathering online, whether we're gathering in person, whether we're reaching out over the phone or through email, whether we're just praying for one another on a regular basis or gathering to study scripture, that we live out our connection as the body of Christ. That's my heart. That's my prayer. As we close today, we want to offer you a blessing. A blessing over you as the body of of Christ. I'm going to invite uh, the worship team to come back and we're going to sing for you a song that we've offered before and you've heard it before called The Blessing. Receive it today as our blessing over you. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? 
We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.